everybody. And so I was uh, reading, starting to read the book of Acts the other day. I was um, kind of struck by the last conversation between the disciples or the apostles and Jesus. Um, I'm going to read it to you here in just a minute. But this conversation happened after Jesus had been raised from the dead. Um, the Bible says that during the 40 days after Jesus was raised from the dead, he appeared to them, to them from time to time, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Now, uh, just for a little would be getting into with their deliverer, Jesus taught about uh, repentance being the repentance from sin being the doorway to the promised kingdom of God. And this all uh, was nothing that they expected from their Messiah and their deliverer. They were all, uh, all looking forward to uh, a great rebellion, a great victory, a great military upheaval. They were looking uh, to be freed from the Roman oppressors. So at this last meeting of Jesus and his disciples, um, it's found in Acts 1, verse 6. It says, so when they met together, they asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? So after three and a half years, the apostles still had their hope in an earthly kingdom. They still didn't get that Jesus came to establish a spiritual kingdom. And during those 40 days that Jesus uh, ministered to them, after he rose from the dead, he was teaching them about the kingdom of God. And just, I presume that included mercy and grace. And he probably taught them about heaven and hell and judgment. And he talked to them about doctrine he probably talked to them about his heavenly father and about the Holy Spirit. But the disciples, the apostles were saying, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? 
they kept on thinking about natural things and their and their national pride and their national kingdom and and how their country was going to be right and great. So this is the reply that Jesus gave to that question. In Acts uh, 1 verse 7, Jesus said to them, It is not for you to know the dates or times the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Wow, they probably thought, what in the world kind of an answer was that? (laughs) How is that going to accomplish anything? And they probably also thought, oh my gosh, how in the world that can the kingdom of God include someone besides the Jews? Because in their mind, the kingdom of God meant the Israelites, the chosen people of God. Now, according to Jesus, these apostles were going to be the people that were responsible for making this happen. They were going to have to be preaching to their oppressors. They were going to have to preach and share the gospel and share love with people that they disdained, that they hated, people who were persecuting them. And um, they were going to have to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus did not give them the plan that they were looking for. He did not give them a plan to overthrow the Romans who were oppressing them. He didn't tell them, now that I'm leaving, you need to pack heat. He didn't tell them to get out their swords. He didn't tell them to protest. He didn't tell them to stage civil unrest. He didn't tell them to do riots. He didn't tell them to prepare for battle. He told them to preach the gospel. And this totally turned their world upside down because they were a very exclusive lot of people. They had ingrained in them such a strong national sense of religious Uh, of national pride and religious pride that they could not possibly see God's vision and plan. It just wasn't in them. But do you know what? The Holy Spirit came upon them and God changed their hearts and their minds. So I want to encourage you to remember to look to God and his kingdom for his plan in your life and the life of your country exponentially more than you look at any government or any military force or any elected official or God's plan in this, uh, in our time. And I want to ask you some serious questions that maybe the apostles may have made, should have thought of. Do I seek God's kingdom with the same fervor as the kingdom of my country? Do I put the well-being of my country and our politics before the kingdom of God? Am I looking for political solutions to spiritual problems? Do I pray more for souls or or for political matters? These are things that we all need to evaluate in ourselves. Um, I know in our country right now, there's such division and such uh, strife between, between different ideologies and politics. And people can get so wrapped up in what they think politically that the kingdom of God just doesn't really takes a second place that um, what they think politically becomes more important than what Jesus told us to do. As Christians, our priorities always need to be with the Lord and with his kingdom and with his word. 
everything else, the United States or whatever country you live in or whoever is your government leader is temporary and it's going to pass away. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be involved in politics. It just means that God and the pursuit of his kingdom should always remain first in our lives. So I'm going to share with you some some good kingdom scriptures. And I'd I'd, um, encourage you to look in your concordance and and, uh, find out how many times the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is mentioned in the New Testament and see what God has to say about it. Um, In Matthew 6, 33, it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. In Hebrews 12, 28 and 29, it says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Oh, I thank God for that, that I'm a holy nation. I'm part of a holy nation. Colossians 1, verse 12 through 14 giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's where I have my citizenship more than any place else is in the kingdom of the Son of God, in the kingdom of light. And then um, this scripture, this week we have the National Day of Prayer, and this scripture is a lot of times used, and it's 2 Chronicles 7.14. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And a lot of times we think, you know, this is how we're supposed to pray for our country. But did you notice in there, there's nothing in that scripture that talks about praying for our country. God did not instruct us here to pray for our country. Um, In this scripture, it talks about ourselves. It talks about having enough wisdom and insight and humility to see where we ourselves have sinned and being able to humble ourselves and seek God and turn away from our own sin. I know there's in the United States, there's a lot of um, pushback against uh, talking about sin. And it's kind of been pushed out of many, many churches that you don't mention sin or the cross or repentance And we have to get back to that because we cannot have our land healed unless uh, we as God's people can identify and recognize that we have sinned and repent and seek God and turn back to him. So we can't uh, get to step two unless we do step one first. It's very important to be able to humble ourselves. And we're, we're not seeking for God to 